Hello and welcome back to the Full Out Podcast. It's Sam, your host, and I'm so pumped you are here. I'm coming at you live from Tulum, Mexico, which has been super magical and amazing, and I can't wait to share it with you in the upcoming weeks on the podcast. But today, I am so excited for you to hear from my friend Alexandra Cole. Now, what's really unique about today's podcast is that Alexandra is just like us. She had one chapter that led her into the next, and she is today supporting humans in understanding that we are not all designed to be the same. She uses a tool called human design, which she describes as a combination between astrology and a personality test. And she says that the more we can embrace and lean into what makes us unique and different, the more easeful and fulfilling your life will become. So Alexandra spent a decade helping Fortune 500s identify and articulate their why as a corporate consultant. And she felt called to help individuals do the same. So she wrote the book, The Purpose Playbook, a practical roadmap for creating a more fulfilling, purpose-driven life, which was inspired by her desire to bring more structure to the search for purpose. Today, she coaches individuals, families, and companies using human design. And she says that this self-awareness tool offers insight into how we are each uniquely designed to operate in the most optimal, easeful way. From making decisions and communicating effectively to practicing self-care and connecting with others. Now, what's really amazing is that when we know ourselves, we feel more freedom, right? And I'm really excited to say that Alexandra is going to be a guest speaker, a guest expert in my new mastermind, Sex Money Magic, under the umbrella of magic and really, truly getting to know yourself. So if you listen to this podcast and you're like, ooh, I want more, let's connect. We'll connect you to Alexandra so that you can learn more about yourself, so that you can make more money, so that you can feel more alive in your body, so that you can optimize every part of your life, your sensuality your bank account, your business, your relationship with others, and your relationship to self. So let's dive in. If you love this episode, take a screenshot, share it with a friend, tag us on Instagram, and I hope you have an amazing day. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I cannot wait. We had a podcast that we did years ago when you and I were in different chapters of our life. And what I love seeing is women completely shift and grow and evolve and shed and unbecome and become. And I feel like you have done that beautifully. And I'm so excited to have you as a human design expert on the full out podcast. And I'm really excited for what women get to learn about themselves today. Like it's going to be a magical episode. I feel it. Oh, now I've got a lot to live up to. You set the bar really high. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. No pressure. So Alexandra, where can people pull up their chart? Cause we want to make sure this is interactive. What do people get to do right now? They're going to pause the episode and go where to pull up their own info. There's lots of different places. So if you've already done this before, you do not need to pull up a new chart. I like to use www.myhumandesign.com. And you can get your free chart. It'll tell you exactly where all you need is your birth time, date, and place. And if you're iffy on the birth time, you want to get as specific as possible. I'll, I'll just say that off the bat. If you don't know, ideally just having a window morning, afternoon, evening can already get you at least some of the foundational elements of the chart. 
Amazing. Amazing. And my intention for our conversation today, you've pulled up my chart. And of course I want to know all about me, but my real intention is for the listener who's hanging out with us. We're in their ears right now to really understand themselves more deeply so that they can live their life full out and they can feel good in their lives. So I know that you're going to be bouncing back and forth between my chart. And before we kind of get into that, can you just share the different energy types and maybe just a little bit of background about what human design is? Absolutely. So human design, I personally think about it as a self-awareness tool, essentially. So the, the modality of human design is basically a combination of a bunch of ancient and modern modalities that includes astrology, includes the Chinese I Ching, which is one of the most ancient books of life. Um, it includes the chakra system and the, the tree, the Kabbalistic tree of life. So your chart, which is based on all of those different things, essentially, um, and just to get a little bit more granular, imagine based on that exact time, date, and place of birth, where the planets were at that exact moment in time, kind of left an energetic imprint on you, essentially. And so your chart reflects that and basically is like your personal energetic algorithm. It shows you exactly how you are designed to use your energy, express your energetic gifts, interact with the world around you in the most optimal, effective, but also the most effortless and fulfilling way. So when you are following your blueprint, your algorithm, that is when you are going to feel this quality of almost like ease in life, right? It doesn't mean there's never going to be any challenges, but it means that those challenges feel more purposeful. And when you're going against that natural blueprint or algorithm, that's when you're going to feel the resistance where it's just like life feels so much harder than it needs to. And you feel like you, you're banging your head against the wall and you keep coming up against the same challenges over and over and over again. And when we're, when we're born, basically, right, we are free from any conditioning, as we call it. So you are basically your chart. I have a little 15 or 16 month old son. And when I look at him, he is a living, breathing expression of his chart and he's following his heart, his gut. He's sharing his gifts without even thinking twice, right? Around the age of seven is typically where people start to pick up on the external pressures around us in terms of expectations that are set, right? A good or a bad way to behave or to learn or to do whatever. And because we are human and one of our most basic needs is to belong and to be loved, we try to fit into those molds, right? We try to live up to those expectations. And sometimes it means shutting certain parts of us down or ignoring certain parts of our algorithm because it doesn't line up with what is modeled around us. And so understanding your human design is basically this beautiful way of getting to know yourself even better and getting to know the true self so that you can give yourself more permission to be that version of you, free from all of the pressures and the conditioning, um, and lean into the things that that really represent your most authentic self so you can find that ease and flow in life. So that is human design in kind of a nutshell, essentially. 
The energy type is what I think of as the outer layer of the onion. So if you've heard anything about human design, the number one thing that you probably will have heard is what is your energy type, right? It's kind of like that initial categorization that every personality assessment usually has. Um, and you want to think of this as your energetic operating system. So like I said, it's the outer layer of the onion. There is so much more to your design, but this is the part you have to unpack first in order to even get access to all those other deeper layers. So there's five different potential types or operating systems, and each of the five types is designed to invest their energy in a slightly different way in order to get a return on that investment and in order to contribute in the way that they are here to contribute. So the biggest group, the kind of most popular quote unquote types are the generators and the manifesting generators. Okay. You're a generator. I'm also a generator. So a lot of the people listening will probably be generators or manifesting generators. And we are here to be the motors of society. Essentially, we have this motor that lives in our gut, in our belly. And it has, it, it basically has the potential to recharge itself. So we wake up with a full tank of energy. We kind of burn very consistently through that energy throughout the day. And then by the end of the day, when we're, you know, the energy is spent, we go to sleep and we wake up with a full tank of energy again. And so we have this capacity to sustainably push and do and execute, which is why I say we're like the motors of society. The thing though about generators is that we are most kind of able to, to basically recharge to the fullest amount of our battery to live full out when we are applying ourselves and investing our energy in the things that excite us. Excitement and I, where that comes from is your sacral, your gut center, which is where also our, our kind of sensuality, sexuality, creative life force lives, right? So that is what is supposed to be our guide, essentially. The more that is turned on, the more energetic output you can have, the more magnetic you are, the more you have to share, the more you're lifting up everyone else around you. So really in an ideal world, generators would spend and manifesting generators all of their time and energy purely on the things that excite them and speak to that kind of like, like sacral center basically of joy. In reality, however, that is very challenging because as the doers, right, we get a lot of people who want to try and take advantage of us, not necessarily intentionally, but they pick up on this fact that like you help get shit done. And so they're going to want you involved. And we are very sensitive to people's expectations and people's needs. And so it's very easy for us to kind of get lost in the doing and lose track of how much we're actually doing for our own joy and how much we're doing because it makes us feel more valuable because that's what we get praised for by the outside world. So the biggest thing for a generator is to pay attention to where are things feeling frustrating and stuck? Like when you feel stuck as a generator, that is a sign that you've been spending way too much of your time and energy on things that benefit and bring joy to other people instead of things that bring joy to you and are exciting to you. So I'll say that first and foremost, that's kind of, again, when we're thinking about this energetic operating system, generators and manifesting generators, the more you invest in things that excite you, the more effective and energized you're going to be.
Manifesting generators are very similar in all those respects, except manifesting generators move a little bit faster. So they are oftentimes very quick and their energy is a little bit more dispersed. They are oftentimes excited by a lot of different things and they are here to zig and zag. And I think of manifesting generators as the honeybees that are here to kind of fly from flower to flower and cross pollinate as they go. So they are gonna be usually the, the multi-passionate, right? Like entrepreneur who has lots of different things going and is constantly has their fingers in like all the different pots. That's a manifesting generator. And they are literally here to show us that life is not meant to be linear. So if you're a manifesting generator and you are clinging to, to, to some like safety blanket because you are afraid of doing things differently, let the F go because you are literally here to do things differently. You're here to move fast and it doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense to everyone else, right? Um, you are here to be doing a portfolio of things essentially. So those are kind of, that makes up about 70% of the, the population. Then you get this group that are called projectors, another energy type. Projectors make up about 20% and their great gift is to guide. They are here to see things more clearly than anyone else can see them. And they are here to bring efficiency and to optimize. I think of them as the optimizer bunnies, right? If the generator and the manifesting generator are the energizer bunnies, projectors are the optimizers. And that's because unlike the generators, they don't have the ability to create their own energy. They kind of ebb and flow, and they're able to apply themselves in a very focused, intentional way to something for a few hours at a time, let's say. And after they've kind of spent the energy that they have, and they're really good at one-on-one, -on -one, when they can focus their attention, they can go really, really deep. But after they've done that for a period of time, they need to reset. They need to recharge. They need to kind of, I call it plugging themselves into the wall, right? Whatever that might look like. Oftentimes it's alone, right? Because they basically need to be able to not have the demand of output, right? Because projectors, they, they naturally ebb and flow. And if they don't take that rest in between and force themselves to operate like a generator, just pushing, 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 they are going to burn out. The amazing thing about projectors though, is that they've been born to be efficient, right? And born to basically figure out how can I use my energy in the smartest way, right? They're here to work smarter and not harder. And part of that is being a little bit more passive about life and letting opportunities and people come to them instead of feeling like you have to go out and make it happen. So if you are an entrepreneur and you are a projector, let's say, one of the best strategies for you is instead of spending all this money and effort trying to go out and find your people, just project as clearly as you possibly can what makes you so unique, what your natural gifts are, what you are so good at, and then let the people find you. Don't ever like feel like you're forcing it as a projector because that's kind of where, you, where you're expending unnecessary energy and you don't have as much energy to begin with. So you wanna be super mindful that when you engage, that the person on the other end is actually ready for what you have to offer and that you're not trying to persuade them, so to speak. 
Then we, and there's, by the way, there's a lot more to these. I'm just trying to go through them pretty quickly. So You're doing an has, amazing job. It's like so good. It's so good. Foundation. So then we get to the manifestors. So manifestors are about 9% of the population and they are our trailblazers. They are here to initiate, to start movements basically, and to make big things happen. Manifestors have this amazing ability to essentially like chart their own path. And when a manifestor is in their power, they are following what we call their urges. These like sudden pings to like do this, call that person, start that. And a lot of the times, again, it doesn't make any sense and it happens very quickly. So manifestors, oftentimes people are like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And they're like five steps ahead. But that's a manifestor in their power. And they are here in order to have a big impact. Sometimes you've got to kind of challenge people a little bit and even maybe rub some people the wrong way, right? If you think about the biggest change makers in history, like they were probably disliked by more people than that they were liked. And sometimes that is what, what a manifestor needs to accept in order to have the impact they're here to have. But what can happen a lot with manifestors because they're such a kind of like big confronting energy in a way as kids is their parents try to protect them. So the parents try to basically say, no, reel it in, tone it down, right? And what happens is then these poor manifestors don't learn to trust and follow those urges. And instead they are taught to basically be the biggest people pleasers out there. And I see a lot of manifestors that are, the sweetest, kindest, most sensitized to what everyone wants, what everyone's going to agree with, even though really what they're here to do is to kind of just basically take charge of their chain, train, carve their own path and not worry too much about who agrees, who's on board. Um, and again, this is by no fault of the parent, right? Because the parent's just trying to protect their child, but that's oftentimes the reaction um, that I've seen play out. And for manifestors, they're kind of where they feel most comfortable is when they have absolute freedom to do them, basically. Freedom gives them the ultimate feeling of peace. When a manifestor is micromanaged, it's like a disaster. So if there's any people on here who are manifestors who are in a situation where they're being micromanaged, or even I've, a lot of manifestor moms struggle because they're they are on this their kids are kind of these little dictators in a way right that are like managing their schedule and as a manifester you can't really determine when you're going to get this urge and an urge comes with a lot of energy like manifestor energy kind of has this huge peak where when you have an urge you just literally can just ride that wave and then what will happen once you're done once you've completed that project right or that movement that you've built the wave crashes and you are spent. So where the projector has these little ebbs and flows, manifestors have these massive ups and downs. And similarly, they have to honor their downs and really rest, rest, rest in order to be able to, to kind of ride that next wave up. And if they don't do that, again, they're gonna burn themselves out. So that's the manifestor in, again, as, as condensed of a way that I can, can share it. And then finally, there's reflectors and reflectors make up about 1% of the population. And reflectors are these very, very special beings, which you know well, because your partner is a reflector, if I can say that. 
Um, and reflectors are here to be the mirrors of society. They are essentially a constant pulse check and gut check on how society and the world is doing. And projectors are highly, highly sensitive and sensitized to their environment. And they are honestly a constant product of their environment, reflecting back wherever they are. So reflectors will feel at different times of the day and week and month, like any of those types I just described, depending on who they're with, right? So when a reflector is with their generator buddies, they're gonna feel this like kind of constant pulse of energy that, that's very sustainable. And then when that generator leaves the building, they're suddenly gonna be so exhausted because it wasn't theirs to begin with. They are literally riding that wave, reflecting that energy back to whomever they are with. Reflector's gift is that they can be so incredibly wise because they see through everything. They have this ability to literally become other people, understand an environment and a setting and a situation in a way that other people can't. Um, and they have this innate wisdom that is based on their ability to literally live in the moment. When they are living in the moment and they are so tuned into everything that's going on around them. The challenges when they start to try and define themselves, right? Because they are literally supposed to be shaped moment to moment. And so when a reflector tries to say, oh, I'm this or oh, I'm that and I belong here and I belong there, that's where things start to get a little bit more challenging because they lose the ability to be that kind of living, breathing reflection or mirror. So for reflectors, really, it's about kind of going with the, like literally riding the roller coaster and accepting that they are not going to have any control over what's going to, when the next twist and turn is going to happen and who's going to be there for it and all of that. Um, and finding essentially also just a, a sense of, yeah, I, I would say acceptance um, in, in that role and, and living in the moment as much as humanly possible. And knowing that also a lot of the times what they're feeling and experiencing and who they think they are isn't theirs, right? Doesn't actually like th because they are constantly evolving, like you never want to try and pinpoint it. And when you are feeling something, it's most likely to be a reflection of someone else's stuff rather than your own. Mm, holy shit. That was incredible. That, I don't know how you just blasted through all of that. With, there was so much there. Now I'm curious for when I first started learning a little bit about human design, I was kind of confused because I was like, I know that I'm a generator, but I also see pieces of the projector, pieces of the manifestor, pieces of this and that, but I'm like, well, wait, are you, are you, am I sure that I'm actually not that? Because I felt like there were so many other things that I related to. Can you speak into that? Totally. So this, again, like I said, this is your energetic operating system and it is just that outer layer of the onion. Okay. So we're, what you're getting at is like, there's so much more to me. And yes, obviously there is, we can't just divide all of humanity into five groups. There's a lot there to explore. So I would say that the next step where I would want to take it is if you look at a chart, so let's say you pull up a chart or you pull up your chart you'll see kind of the diagram of a human, and then you'll see these nine different shapes, either triangles or squares. 
And each of those shapes is what we call an energy center. And each of those centers maps to a chakra and essentially governs a particular part of the human body psyche experience. So there is a center that governs our emotions, a center that governs our stress response, a center that governs our identity and so forth. And based on that center and what is activated in that center, and what I mean by that is again, if we go back to the algorithm, right? Based on where those planets were, the exact moment in time of birth, certain things were, certain light switches, think of it that way, were turned on in you, okay? And when you look at your chart, anything that is colored in that chart, so any lines or shapes that are colored, those are the things that were turned on. And it means that those are the places where you have consistent access to that gift or that point of view. These are the places that reflect your internal programming. And these are the places where you basically have the, the best connection to your authentic self. So this is what you want to lean into. Anything that is white in your chart, not colored, basically, is where you don't have any pre-programming. So there's no anchors that are like connecting you to your point of view and your view. And so you're much more sensitized to that outside world and more prone to being inconsistent and shaped by your environment, okay? So once you understand that outer layer, okay? So for you as a generator, it all it means is that for you to basically operate optimally, you need to be, pouring as much of your time and energy into things that excite you. When you're doing that, you're going to be able to access that sustainable energy that like characterizes a generator, right? Then when we start to look at your centers and which centers are colored, that gives me a sense, okay, what are the things that are really consistent in you? So for example, your root center, which is kind of the bottom most center of the chart, this is the pressure center where momentum is built in the body. It's like an initiate. It's like the thing that's the spark that sets things into motion. This one is colored for you. So it means that you feel a lot of pressure constantly. It's always there to get going, to get moving, to get started, right? Which sounds very manifestory. And so, yes, you, you, that's kind of, you have the sustained energy of a generator and that's really like the way you operate energetically, but you also feel a constant pressure to get going, to get moving, to start things, right? And so that's where you add that layer on. Now, in addition to that, you also have certain parts of your chart that are white or open, right? And so those are the places where you're very sensitive. One of those places for you are your emotions. Like you are very empathetic. So you pick up on other people's emotions really, really easily. And so in that way, maybe you might feel a little bit more like a reflector, right? Where you're like constantly reflecting other people's emotions to, to them. So when you're around a friend who's particularly sad or angry, you're going to become like you're, it's going to be as if you're going through whatever they're going through, essentially. So you might feel more like a reflector there. So that this is just an example of how, like, once you get beyond that first layer, there's a lot of reasons why you might recognize or like relate more to certain other aspects of what I just talked about. But the energy type is, is purely where to focus your energy in order to be able to like get the most out of it. Oh, that totally makes sense. 
That totally makes sense. And yes, I take on other people's energy so much. I, I actually had an intuitive um, reading last week and she was like, girl, you're so sensitive. She's like, I can literally see like your client's energy and other people's energy on your aura. And she told me, she's like, go take hot showers, go for a run, release that energy. And so it's kind of funny that I'm hearing this from so many different lenses. And I love this lens because I feel like it's backing up what I have always felt. And I've always felt super, super deeply. And for a long time, I thought that was, um, it was a pitfall. It was a downfall for me. And, and what I've learned is it's actually one of my superpowers, like the mm -hmm. way that I do support clients, the way that I do support the people in my life, it, it allows me to have this connection. And also I get to do my own work in not having it sit with me and sit in my energy. Totally. And what's interesting, and it's funny because it really is for you specifically emotions, like is that you're really sensitive to that. So other people are literally sensitive to people's energy. Like they get anxious when they're around anxious people. You actually are, are more attuned to yourself there. So like you can, you're independent, let's say, but when it comes to emotions, you're very sensitive to other people's emotions and you can kind of absorb that like a sponge. One of your gifts though, in your emotional center, because based on what's colored, I can kind of see, oh, wh what are the, what are the consistent gifts in that area of her life? Right. One of your gifts is that you're very good at helping people through emotional crises, but in order to do that, you need to be able to, to basically either experience it for yourself or through other people. So the beauty about you being sensitive and being able to feel other people is that it's almost as if you can go through what they're going through without actually having to go through it. So you become very emotionally wise without necessarily having to go through that experience and you can thereby help a lot more people. So yes, it is a total gift if you're aware of it, because if you're not aware of it, it can take you for a ride because you're going to be like in the emotional undertow and people who have open emotional centers, it's like their moods and emotions can shift in a second based on something like even a TV show, right. That they watch. And like, th because they feel like they're going through what the lead character is going through. And that can be really, if you're not aware of it, it can be really confusing and, and, you know, kind of destructive because you're like, wait, 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 I was happy five minutes ago. And now I'm like in this deep, dark, depressed hole where, how did that happen? Um, so again, this is why I say human design is a self-awareness tool because it really often is just, it doesn't change your experience, but it allows you to not take things as personally or not over identify with certain aspects, um, which is very helpful. Mm, that's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I know that your chapter before you got into human design was that you were really focused on supporting people and finding their purpose through businesses, people like you've, you've done so much, you've done so, so much. And I'm curious, how does human design play into this idea of purpose? Great question. There's a lot of different ways it plays into this idea of purpose. I think for me, what I find amazing about human design is that when you are following that energetic blueprint or algorithm, your purpose will find you. You don't have, so the idea is like, you don't actually have to do anything to live on purpose. If you are tuned in to the most authentic version of you and leaning into, you know, the right 
part of you when it comes to making decisions, communicating in the way that is most effective to you, pouring your energy into things that are correct, quote, or aligned for you. You are going to naturally live out your purpose and you don't have to try so hard. So that I think is like one of the, the things that I, I just was the biggest aha when I discovered human design. Now, there is one part of your chart in particular, though, called the incarnation cross. And if you look up your chart, you'll see in the chart properties section, it'll say incarnation cross. And it's basically four numbers that make up the incarnation cross, which are, let's think about that as four gifts, essentially, that you energetic gifts that you have. And those represent basically together your karma in this lifetime. So basically your purpose in this lifetime. And that purpose can be lived out in a million different ways. So for example, yours, and they all have really weird, complicated names, but yours is the right angle cross of tension. Okay. So for you, it means that like, you kind of have to, again, chat, like you are a challenger, right? You, you need to kind of like ruffle people's feathers and push people's buttons essentially, and almost like create tension. And that creates breakthroughs. Like literally that is, that is how you live out your purpose, but you can be doing that. Like as a dancer, you can be doing that as a coach. You can be doing that as in podcast. Like there are a million different ways that you can live out that purpose. Um, and that's again, what I love so much about this, but it does give you something a little bit more tangible to like hone in on. Like mine is the right angle cross of revolution. And it means that I am here to literally like help bring about a revolution by specifically breaking down big complex concepts into more palatable, like digestible things. So I did that with purpose, right? And now I'm doing that with human design. That is awesome. You know, the one piece of my human design that I did know about was, was this piece for me. And, and my friend that shared it with me has had a very similar one too, but hers was like way more intense and way more like triggering in, I don't want to say an aggressive way, but that, that is also her personality. And so when I found this out, it actually gave me such a wave of relief because I always felt this weird thing. Like, why do I always trigger people? Why do women hate me? Why have, have these things happened? And when I started to learn that it's part, it's part of my karma in this lifetime is to activate people like that mm -hmm. activation then gets to lead to their growth and expansion and helping them get on their path. And when I first learned that it was like, holy shit, things make sense now. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty power. And that's, that's the permission that you suddenly then have. And then you don't care about the 90% of people that aren't ready to be challenged and triggered yet. Right. And then you can be like, no, I'm actually here to focus on the 10% that is ready for what I have to give and bring and kind of evoke basically. Uh, it's so good. It's so, so, so good. Now I know there's a million different things that we can see on the chart. I know there's like money and sensuality and decision-making. I mean, literally a zillion things. And I'm curious, cause I know that we only have so much time. What do you feel like the listeners need to know? What's like that? Is there like one more piece of the puzzle that you can give them today? That would be super impactful. If you had Ooh. to boil it down to one, I know there's a million, there's a million, but one of the things that I do think actually Yes, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to focus on one because really I can go into so many different directions. We'll cover this one first, is your authority. So everyone 
in their human design chart, except for reflectors, which I'll cover separately, has one center that is there, what we call their authority, which means it's your compass, your decision-making hub, basically. And this can be either you're an emotional decision-maker, your emotional or solar plexus is your hub. You can be a sacral decision maker, which is kind of based or designed to make decisions based on what is most exciting to you, basically. You can be a splenic or a splenic decision maker, which is an intuitive decision maker, right? Which is very spontaneous. And you it's that little voice that just says, turn right, turn left, do this, do that. You can be an ego driven decision maker, which means that it's actually what's best for everyone is you making decisions based on what you want and need in that moment and what serves you, right? So actually being selfish is the, is going to benefit everyone else around you. You could be a person who's designed to make decisions in a self-projected way, which means that you almost need a sounding board. And so whether it's you talking to a wall or you talking into voice notes or on a podcast or whether you're actually having a discussion with someone it's like you need to you need to hear yourself think or you need to write it out in order to come to the decision that is most aligned with you and your values and your identity or you can be a mental decision maker where it really is about observation um and kind of looking at things from a more analytical perspective pros and cons list and so on Reflectors have no authority, which simply means that they need a lot of time to figure out what feels best in their body, like almost a month, essentially, in order to cycle through all these different ways of decision making. Why I call this out is because only 2% of people actually are mental decision makers. And yet we live in a world that basically kind of puts logical, rational decision-making on this pedestal is the only end-all be-all best way to live your life and make decisions, especially for those in corporate environments, right? Like bringing your emotions into a decision. If you are open about like, oh, I'm feeling this, right? It gets shut down very, very quickly, or at least in my experience, because I started my career in the corporate world. So only 2% of people though are actually gonna make the best decisions when they look at things in a very kind of mental analytical way, rational way. The rest of us are supposed to make decisions based on our like body, our emotions, our intuition, our desires, all of that. And so when I discovered I was an emotional decision maker, at first I was very confused because I'd always been praised for my logic, right? And I'd always been taught that emotional decisions are weak. And like to, to not bring your emotions into things. And as soon as I actually allowed myself to let my emotions run the show, and there's a, there's a, a good way to do this. So I won't get into the detail, but when you're an emotional decision maker, you do need time to let your emotions settle before you kind of pick a path because when you are in the emotional wave and high, you don't necessarily think clearly because you're biased by that emotion. But once I learned to like write, like what that pattern looked like for me, and I actually started making decisions based on what felt right, what I had the most emotional resonance with, my God, like I stopped having to like justify things because what I would, what would happen is I'd have this emotional pull towards something. And then I feel like I needed to make up a reason with my mind for why I needed to do that. And 
that is exhausting and draining and tiring and wholly unnecessary. So I think if, if people can tune into one thing, it's figure out what your authority is and trust that above all else. It's like, that is the thing you want to double down on because that is the place, remember, when it's colored, where you are always going to be most connected to your inner authentic truth. And everything else, if like for me, for example, my head center is actually white. So if I making mental decisions is a disaster for me because I'm so, I, I'll like read something one day and be like, oh, that's correct. And then someone will share an opinion or I'll listen to a podcast. I'm like, oh no, wait, I changed my mind. And like changing my mind is actually correct for me. But when I put the pressure on myself to have this like mental argument or decision, I'm, I'm just never going to fulfill that, that promise or live up to that. And so I feel like that can give people a lot of peace and also give people a very clear sense of this is what to trust when you're trying to decide about something. I love that. You know, I talk a lot about investing um, when I've invested in mentorship, support, et cetera. And I have always been that person that like, this makes no sense, but my gut says it's right. Like, I just have that like gut feeling that's like, yes, you need that to work. Is yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yours like, is your gut, mm-hmm. uh, your sacral I, center. Yes. I, I tell my boyfriend all the time. I'm like, you know, I feel like I need to do this thing. I don't know why, but it's just saying this is the right choice or this is not the right choice. It makes no sense from, from the top down, but my body says this is the right choice. And, yes. and I feel like, and go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I'll just say I, for you as if you're a sacral decision maker, right? Like Samantha is like you need something to respond to because your gut can only experience like that feeling of, oh, this is right or this is wrong when they have a tangible option. So if you're struggling with decision-making, what makes it a lot easier is to give yourself an A or a B option, right? If I asked you like, what do you want for dinner tonight? You're like, I don't know. There's like so many options. But if I asked you, do you want sushi or do you want a hamburger? Your gut will instantly be like, oh, sushi or ooh, a hamburger, right? So the, the gut needs something tangible to react or respond to. So if that's you, even like asking your partner, like, can you narrow down? Or if you're looking at different job opportunities, like give yourself two or three and then like kind of keep narrowing it down based on defined options. I think you just saved my relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kind of kidding, Um, but very, very for real. Alexandra, this has been incredible. I feel like we could do 10 more podcasts. We're going to have to have you back. And um, I just, I just feel like there is so much information here. You know, on this podcast, we always talk about empowering women and how to step into that next level, that next version of yourself, being able to trust yourself, being able to not give any fucks about anyone else's opinions, judgment, self beat up, letting that all go so that you can create the life that you desire. And I feel like this tool of human design is, is that next level of knowledge and being able to support someone in knowing themselves. And so thank you so much for your time. We so appreciate you. I'm going to make sure we link all of your information in the show notes so people can find you. They can book sessions with you. They can learn more about everything that you do because you have so, so, so much more than like what we even tapped into today. Are there any last words that you want to share with the listeners? Oh my gosh. So, so much. But I I will say, I think you talk about that, like the unfuck with ability. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. Um, and I, I think the more, you know, yourself, right. 
the the less easy it is for you to be fucked with basically and just that understanding of like this is what i can trust innately and these are the places where actually i'm meant to be more dynamic and influenced by the outside world gives you this sense of confidence and sense of peace that i have found very few other things can actually provide you with and the whole premise of human design is what we call the science of differentiation meaning everyone is designed to be different on purpose right we are all here to have a very unique algorithm a unique combination of gifts and sensitivities and preferences and environments that we thrive in and diets that we thrive on and all of those things and I love that this is about celebrating that because unfortunately I think there is just so much pressure to be homogenized and to conform to a certain way of doing things, a certain way of working, a certain way of parenting, a certain way of managing. Um and this allows you and kind of gives you permission to do it in your way, which is always where you are going to be the most successful. That's the only way you're going to really be able to be the, the most successful, right? Um so that's that's kind of if you need any any more context around why human design i think that that's it for me mm so good you guys if you loved this episode, take a screenshot, share it with your friends on Instagram, tag Alexandra and myself on IG. Our handles are in the show notes below. Share with a friend and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for joining me. If today's podcast inspired you in any way, we would love your support in spreading the word. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and let the other queens in your life know that they are also worthy of living life full out. If you want to continue the conversation, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram or Facebook at Samantha Joe Harvey. Have a fabulous day, and I'll see you next time.